I have uh, some PowerPoint presentation for you today. It's not going to be a, a lot of PowerPoints, but it's going to be a few. And if I lose my way, uh, just bear with me. Appreciate it. But the title for today's sermon is uh, Passionate and Authentic Spirituality. And um, this subject covers the uh, second big four. We just got on going through the big four in our last quarter. I'm still bringing messages from this book, how important it is for our church to hear this message and to somehow learn and grasp this message and apply it to our lives. I just want to review briefly what we had covered last time, if you weren't here for that presentation. Uh, I talked about empowering servant leadership. And uh, we talked about two different types of leaders. Leaders who develop followers and leaders who develop leaders. Leaders who develop followers say, I teach you. Leaders who develop leaders say, you learn. Going on down the list, it says, leaders who develop followers, I do. Leaders who develop leaders, you watch. The next one, I do, you help. You do, I help. You do, I watch. You teach. Someone else learns. You lead. Someone else leads. Those are the concepts of true servant leadership. You're not just being a leader for yourself or for a small group of people. A leader is someone who wants to develop leaders for the future, who can carry on as the disciples did in Jesus' time. So that was a quick review of what we had discovered last time. Uh, today we're going to look at the second big four, which is passionate and authentic spirituality. What does it mean to be passionate about something? What does a thriving Sabbath school look like, or church, look like from the inside out? Today we will look at what a successful, vibrant, and active Sabbath school and church should look like from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 41 to 47. What does the word passionate mean? Passionate is an adjective that means to have or to be compelled by or ruled by an intense emotion or strong feeling. So that's what passionate means. Passion is something that you feel strongly about that you want to do something with. How is authentic described? It is another adjective that is not false or copied. It is a genuine or real. So authenticity is genuine or reality, as authentic and unique as possible. And then what does spirituality mean? It refers to an ultimate or immaterial reality, an inner path enabling a person to discover the essence of his or her being. 
We all have a drive to understand our spiritual lives. God put that within us. What we do with that spirituality in our lives is how God can react to us and work in and through us. If we choose to ignore it, well, then eventually it will fizzle out and there will be no spirituality left. If we choose to embrace it, God can work through the Holy Spirit, the miracles that he wants to see in our lives. If we go to the book of John, chapter 3, it's our first reference today. John chapter 3. Starting in verse 14. And of course, many of us know probably verse 16, but I want to read the verses around verse 16 as well today. John chapter 3, starting in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that in his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Verse 22. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. And John also was baptizing in Enon, near Salem, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized, for John was not yet cast into prison. Now, the passionate path that Jesus had was to save humanity, save all of us, save the world. In order for us to incorporate that into our lives, we must accept Jesus as our personal Savior and Lord. We must realize that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And once we realize that, God can work with the Holy Spirit in our lives and transform our hearts and our minds to the point of where we want to get married, per se, to Christ. And the way we get married, per se, to Christ is through baptism. And that is the ultimate way to accept and receive salvation, is to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, to accept him and to be a part of him by becoming baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So those are some thoughts on those ideas about what it means to have a passionate path and to follow that path with a desire to grow and be like Jesus. What do all of these ideas have in common, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in in the heart and the mind of the people. This is the passionate path. How does the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ manifest itself upon all people? I'll read some quotes to you. How many have heard of the book, If My People Pray? 
Randy Maxwell wrote this book. This is one of the quotes in there. The church's greatest deficiency today is in power, and power for ministry can be released only through prayer. Select the Messages Book 1 by Ellen White also says something similar. A revival need be expected only in answer to prayer. High Expectation Churches by Tom Rayner. We believe in the programs, plans, emphasis, and methodologies we attempt in our church, but ultimately we know that our strength is not from ourselves, but from God himself. That's why our best assimilation ministry is our prayer ministry. Through fervent prayer, we show our dependence upon God. So prayer is a very vital aspect of a spiritual growing Christian. Not just as individuals, but as a corporate body of believers. Prayer is something in which we say, hey, I'm incapable. I need help beyond myself. And that is the power of God. When we can connect with him in prayer, we make that connection valid. And we can spill out our hurts, our fears, our wants in him. And he will listen and soothe us and comfort us and guide us and lead us along the pathway. Whether it's a good path or a rough path that we're on, prayer will get us through it. If we only believe and have that spirituality in us come to life. So prayer is very important. Um, Another quote I want to share with you is from 40 Days. How many have heard of the book 40 Days? There's three books out in 40 Days. This is one from the newest book from Dennis Smith. It says, prayer is the most powerful force on earth. It is essential for one's own personal spiritual growth and is the most effective means of reaching others for Christ. We ask ourselves, why don't we have many souls? Why are there souls not getting baptized? Why don't we get involved as much as we ought to? Why, why this? Why not? What's happening here? Could it be that our prayer life needs a little bit of brushing up? more committed prayer life for the needs of those that we have compassion for? Sure, we got to do our part, but we also have to do the most vital part and let God come in. And as we pray, we say, hey, God, I'm working with these individuals. I need help in this area. Please come in and help me. And as he hears those prayers, he can do so. He can come in and he can work those miracles. They may not be overnight. May not be until we go to the kingdom of heaven. We don't know. But as long as we are active in our prayer life, our spirituality will not dwindle as long as it doesn't become habitual, sarcastic type of approach to prayer in which we repetitiously say the same prayers over and over and over. Uh, Now I lay me down to sleep, or our Father which art in heaven, and this and that, and thank you, Lord, for the money you've given me. Thank you for this job, you know. Those things are important. But is there something beyond those type of immediate approaches? Yes, there is. And that's to intercede for the needs of others. Praying for the needs of those that we come in contact with. Praying for our family members, our relatives, our neighborhood, our church, a project, 
Uh, we have the Great Controversy Project. I hope that we seriously consider it as a moment in which we can bring it to the Lord and say, Hey, Lord, this is something you have provided for us to be a part of. We want to give it to you. We want you to be a partner with us in this endeavor. And we want to pray for those books, whatever home they get to, whatever hands they get into, that the Holy Spirit can work and guide and lead these individuals to where they can understand what the truth and what Jesus means to Christians. So my challenge to you is to start and persistently continue a personal prayer lifestyle and see what God can do. Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 2, and look at authentic spirituality. Book of Acts, chapter 2. Again, the church in the book of Acts is in the moment when the early rain had fallen. A lot of believers have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, let's take a look at how the church grew and multiplied in its authenticity and how we can consider bringing that authenticity back into our church today. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 41. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. When this is applied, the exact authenticity of this pattern, when we can apply it in our church environment today, starting right with our Sabbath schools. The Sabbath school time is one of the best times in which this can be appropriated and interjected into our church. Because we have good time in which we can fellowship, we can pray for people, we can have a study, we can talk about the things that we've done during the week, but during the worship service, we don't always have that chance to do that. So Sabbath school is a very good time in which we can do this and practice these authenticity of the gospel commission. So those who have been attending Sabbath school, praise God. For those who had attended and haven't attended in a while, I want to encourage you to come back. Come back to the Sabbath school environment. Learn and grow in the fellowship that is here. It's not just a time to open up the Bible and study. It's a time of fellowship. It's a time in which we can share each other's burdens. A time in which we can come together and pray and grow in authenticity with Jesus Christ. So, you can see that this is a perfect example that the Christian disciples or the disciplines are spiritual practices that facilitate growth in our relationship with God. This varied list includes Bible study, prayer ministry, evangelism, fellowship, 
giving and sharing, worship, praise, joy, and simplicity. The early Christians found that such spiritual exercises enabled them to advance in the Christian experience both individually and corporately. So I hope that the right picture is up there. Yes. You see the picture up there now. There's a chart and how all of these come together. It is centered in Jesus Christ. Okay? But the Holy Spirit has his part as well. So it circulates in all of these areas. And you can see that these areas up here is has mainly to do with relationships. Relationship to God, relationship to others, relationship to the um, resources and self. So in that aspect, the early Christian church was a sharing church, it was a praying church, it was a caring church, it was a learning church, and it was a worshiping church. All of it comes together perfectly with the spiritual authenticity that Jesus wants for each and every one of us. The spiritual track is very important. Again, it starts with our basic necessity of realizing that we are sinners and we need God's grace and mercy and forgiveness and his son to save us from our eternal death. That is what we're all condemned to do, is to die eternally because of sin. But Jesus said, no, I don't want that to happen to these human beings, these people who I care for, these people who are made in my image, in an image of God. I want to make something better for them. And because of that, Christ sacrificially gave himself so that each of us can come together and have eternal life through Jesus Christ. So if you look at that chart up there, we can see that uh, it's varied aspects and how it works in our environment and how it can be applied in our church environment. And I hope that uh, this can be practiced because without just the information isn't going to be good enough. When we seriously consider it and say, hey, I want my relationship to go with others, what do we need to do and do that? The list is up there. What do we need to do to have a relationship with others grow? How about with ourselves? How about with our possessions? All of these coincide with God's plan. We may be at different levels, but God knows that as we are faithful to him and developing our spirituality, he will make this entire thing come to be reality for each and every one of us. So that's a challenge. And again, it starts with the basics, and that is prayer. I have a, a, a symbol there, a word of prayer, if you can see. And with that, I want to reiterate. Plan to pray more often in your spiritual life. Restore prayer in your life if you've lost track of it somehow or it's become humdrum. Restore it back to where it needs to be. Abide in prayer always, knowing that God's presence will be felt. Say yes to prayer. Don't be afraid to pray for others. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I need prayer for this. Could you pray for me, please? So say yes to prayer. Establish prayer on a consistent basis in our lives. And finally, 
If we've lost track of prayer in our lives, the R represents return to prayer. If you've lost track with Jesus, I say return to prayer and all things will come out for the better. So practice prayer in our life on a consistent daily basis and we'll see the spirituality grow like you haven't seen before. The early disciples did it. A lot of examples of of the Bible where prayer was interjected and miracles happened. Think of Abraham with Sodom and Gomorrah. Moses. We think of many, many stories in which prayer was used. Daniel in the lion's den. Where God intervened and said, hey, I'm making a miracle happen here. The three Hebrew worthies who were forced into that fiery furnace. But God was in the midst of that fiery furnace as well. Because they were faithful enough to say, hey, this fire is going to destroy me. I can't overcome this. If it's God's will, let it be. If not, work a miracle. And they were fortunate. God worked a miracle. But not everybody is fortunate. Sometimes people are called to give up their lives or give up something in their life that's precious to them. Or they lose something. Maybe a family member or a son or a daughter. Somebody like that. And God didn't answer that prayer. But don't say, well, he didn't hear my prayer. I'm not going to pray anymore. That's the wrong attitude. That's the attitude Satan wants us to have. So let's keep in mind that prayer is a source of our strength as a Christian believers, as a body of believers. Prayer is where it starts and needs to continue. A revival of true godliness among us. This is one of Paul Presley's favorite quotes. (laughs) A revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all of our needs. To seek this should be our first work. But it is our work by confession, humiliation, repentance, and earnest prayer to fulfill the conditions upon which God has promised to grant us his blessing. A revival need be expected only in answer to prayer. Everything that's been accomplished so far in this church, we can praise God for. It's been an answer to someone's prayers. Amen? People are here who had never been here before because someone had prayed for them. The Holy Spirit moved them. People are touched in so many different ways. How many attended the uh, GLOW meetings, at camp meeting? You attended those GLOW meetings, he told so many stories about how a little pamphlet like this had transformed lives. Had had people out searching for these truths and finding out where to find it. Some just come cold right off the street and say, hey, this is a Sabbath-keeping church. I learned about the Sabbath. I'm going to that church to check it out. That was kind of part of my story, my history of becoming a Seventh-day Adventist. I just came off the street because I found the truth about the Sabbath and I wanted to see what churches were keeping the Sabbath. I came in. And as our Sabbath school mentioned today, that was one thing that I was looking for at whatever church I was going to become a member of, that this was uplifted. The Word of God had to be number one. And then I found out that the Word of God isn't number one. What's number one? 
Jesus Christ, right? But he's in the word of God. But I had to come to know Jesus Christ better than I had. But the word of God is basically the top dog. But salvation is where we start. Salvation is where Jesus can interject in our lives and start making a difference. In closing, I want to read a portion of, from this book. I was going to read more, but we're kind of out of time. Um, it says, what could God do with you, in you, through you, if you transformed your life into one of prayer? Do it and find out. Experience the blessing of God's renewal, power, and growth by turning your church into a house of prayer. Pray as if your life depended on it. If you have no desire to pray, ask God to give you some. Make prayer your habit. Get into the pattern of praying every day for your church, your children, and your spouse. Pray with friends and get an accountability prayer partner. Pray as a ministry to the lost, choosing at least five individuals as targets of your prayer. Love them, minister to them, meet their needs... When the appropriate time comes, share your values and testimony with them and watch what God can do in their lives. Some of them will fall in love with Jesus. They will do it in answer to your prayers, your ministry, and your attractive Christian life. Then one day, you'll be walking beside the sea of glass and someone will come to you and say, Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am for taking an interest in me. I am here because of you. Wouldn't that be a glorious reward in and of itself? Even though they, you might not have seen it happen in your lifetime, but in the kingdom of heaven, all those answers to prayers will be seen and shared. So be faithful to God. Keep a strong prayer life. Revive the authentic spirituality that God wants us to have. Start with the fellowship of the church, with the Sabbath school, with the worship time. Wherever you can start, be a part of it. And see what God can do in your life as well in the lives of others. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Amen.